Hey there, missionaries. It's Len, the Bat Tribble. There is no new show this week. We had a bit of a COVID scare in the Misho family. Everything is fine. No symptoms whatsoever. But just to be on the safe side, Vincent and his family are hunkering down for the next five days. And while we could have done the show virtually, Vincent and I both agreed that the show is better when we are live and in person. And considering that we are coming down to the wire in our road to 300, we wanted to make each of these last shows as special as possible. So we postponed our review of Beverly Hills Cop until next week. But we do have something that is maybe a little new for some of you. Sometime last year, Vincent and I appeared on the podcast of our social media director, Toya Haynes. She does a music podcast called The First Time I Heard. And Vincent and I were very happy to be her guest as she talked about the first time that she heard and we heard the group New Edition. We get deep into the weeds of everything New Edition from... Bobby, Ricky, Mike, Ralph, and Johnny, and Ronnie, we we go in on the whole New Edition experience. It was a lot of fun, and I'm not sure if all of you checked it out, so we're presenting it to you in lieu of not having an episode of the Michelle Mission. So enjoy the first time I heard with Toya Haynes and her guests, Vincent Williams and Len Webb of the Michelle Mission as we talk about the first time that we heard New Edition. Thank you for tuning in to The First Time I Heard. I'm the host, Toya Haynes, and June is Black Music Month. I'm so excited to talk to one of my favorite musical acts of all time. And I am joined by my guest, Lennon Vince, also known as the podcasting team, The Michelle Mission, and we're talking about the first time we heard New Edition. This is one of my favorite first time I heard memories because I remember it so vividly. I had the privilege of being able to tag along with my brother and my dad when they went to the barbershop on Saturday mornings. Yeah, I used to get up early on purpose on Saturday mornings. That's so hard to believe. And I remember sitting there as a little kid reading countless issues of Jet and Ebony magazine. <laughs> and of course, just chilling and sitting in the barbershop, which is just a fun, worthwhile experience at that time. And so I remember the radio being on and there was this little kid dancing and I was like so fixated because he was popping and locking and break dancing. I just thought it was dope. But my dad said, that boy looks like he's having a fit. <laughs> and the song that he was pop locking to was Candy Girl by New Edition. My girl's like because I remember the DJ saying it. I remember thinking that this, there was this voice that I had never heard before. I knew it was a kid because I was familiar with Jackson 5. Um, and I just remember like that was the first time I heard them and I heard that it was them. And then honestly, since then, I don't remember a time 
when New Edition was not in my life. I mean, it was soon thereafter that I got their album. I mean, the album, the vinyl record. So it was my first New Edition record. I remember sitting with it. I remember making up dances to it. I remember reading it from top to bottom. Could not get enough of New Edition. with New Edition. New Edition grew up with us. My generation, that's our temptation. And you are not going to find a better stage show, even to this day. There have been so many artists that have come out around the time that they came out, after the time they came out. Can't touch New Edition. Can't match their stage show. Impeccable. I just love them to the pieces, man. They're legends. And even with the Hollywood Walk of Fame star and the BET movie that they were robbed getting an Emmy for, at least a nomination, but I won't get into that. But I still feel like there's so much more love we could give them. Like, you can't hype New Edition up enough. They're just that important and iconic to me, but not just to me. Like, they're one of the few acts that that like men and women love across the board and equally, that cherish and still sing their songs, still know every word to every song and every show. You're gonna be hard pressed to find a group that's been out as long as they have that still have the amount of loyal fans that they do. So it is a privilege and an honor and my joy to be able to dedicate this episode to Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, Ralph, and Brooke, and Johnny of New Edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't deny it. On the inside, I'm slowly dying. But with a little love, it'll be all right. Just give me one more day. Well, it is Black Music Month. And of course, with it being Black Music Month, you know, you gotta do it big. You gotta do an artist that you just love so much. And the love I have for New Edition, I don't even think it could fit into an hour, but I have managed to find two other people who share a great love of New Edition. And these are my guys, Len and Vince of the Michelle Mission. Hey guys! Hey, what's going on? What's up, Toya? How you doing? Good to be here. What's good, Toya? <laughs> We're going to talk about New Edition. We're going to talk about all five, all six, all three, all four. Every variation. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. We're going to talk about Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. Right. Every variation that there has ever been of New Edition. Heads of State. We're going to talk about Heads of State. We're going to talk about Heads of State. Okay. All right. All all, right. Every derivative of all of it. We're going to talk about <laughs> But we, before we go any further, of course, I have to ask you guys the same question that I ask every guest. Do you remember the first time you heard New Edition? It must have been the radio. Mm -hmm. I'm 100% sure it was on the radio because I halfway thought it was a Jackson 5 song. Mm. Popcorn Love, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
thought that they had unearthed some that's like, right for, forgotten Jackson Five <laughs> track. That's right. And everybody that's was right. like, "Is that Michael? That sounds like Jermaine. What's, right. what, what is it?" And then, right, and then, right. especially right. here, like, new edition. You're like, "Oh, it's like a new track or a new old track." I was about to say, and you heard the word "new." Yep. So it was like, oh, it's a new song they found. And I feel like at that time, the only reference that I had was the Jackson 5. Like, I didn't know about, like, Foster Silvers or the Silvers or, you know what I mean? Like, the other, like, right. we, we didn't know about that. So really, the only reference I think that we had was the Jackson 5. So that makes all the sense in the world. Do you remember the first video that you saw? Do you remember when you first saw them? Ooh. Probably Candy Girl yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Probably candy. Yeah, because, probably candy girl. I, I hope this isn't talking crazy. Cause cause they looked rough. <laughs> they I looked mean, they rough. Was straight out of Roxbury. Like straight, Right. Like they didn't look out. like they had dressed up for a video. Like it looked like they right, exactly. Like they went and grabbed some kids. <laughs> and, and they didn't have haircuts mm-hmm. or like fancy shirts. They they didn't look that rough, Vincent. I don't remember them looking that rough. They I mean, weren't polished. They weren't as polished, maybe yeah. as groups we were, read, you know, we were used to seeing. No, they weren't. They weren't. They they weren't like you know. Well, they weren't. They weren't the Jacksons in looks because the Jacksons, their their rhythm, everything was syncopated with the Jacksons. Like their threads right. was laid. Like you know. Right. Daddy Joe knew exactly what he wanted his boys to look and sound like. And New Edition, they had Maurice Starr kind of like, you know, hey, I got I got these black boys and they can sing the song and they, <laughs> right, they sound right. like what I used and, to listen to when I was little. Hey. <laughs> and I picked him up from the projects. Let me turn this camcorder on. <laughs> true. Very true. I mean, that's pretty much what happened now. It is pretty much what happened. If they they did that today, they'd be making a movie out of it, and it'd be a a Lifetime movie. Uh, um, But back then, it was a music video, and they called it Popcorn Love. They called it Popcorn Love, and thanks to Brooke Payne, I mean, what he was able to do with them. I mean, that's why they called him the the sixth. I guess you could call him the seventh. I call him the sixth member. But why would you call him? Why did they call him the seventh? He's really, he's... Right, right. Johnny, Johnny was right. And and we can get into that because Okay. <laughs> I have um I'm getting over it. I'm getting a greater appreciation for the six. Um, but as a true hardcore new edition fan, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> uh-oh. For a very long time, and I'm talking about up until last year. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm about recent months. Oh, Jesus. I I love Johnny Gill solo efforts very much. I'm a soul, I'm a Johnny Gill solo fan. But when Johnny Gill took over for who we thought he was taking over for Bobby Brown, mm-hmm. I did not do that well with the transition. Really? Mm-hmm. And up until last year, Johnny Gill was an auxiliary <laughs> member. <laughs> at best. That is terrible. At best. Now, no disrespect to any heartbreak, no disrespect to what he added to the group after Bobby left, got kicked out, however they want to tell the story. But I really had a hard time. Do you remember when Bobby Brown left New Edition and how you felt about it? I thought it was a terrible mistake on Bobby's part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, well, somebody needs to take a picture of him because we're never going to see him again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought that too, but 
I immediately remember recognizing the difference without Bobby. And the difference without Bobby is that Bobby, I mean, let alone like Bobby's got the edge, right? Like Michael Bivens definitely tries to play like the hard role, but Bobby's really the true edge of the show. But the other thing is that Bobby was the bottom of those songs he wasn't like the like a bass you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. he he was the the meat of of a lot of those songs which is why as memorable as you you think of popcorn love and candy girl they bring to mind jackson five but mr telephone man which is bobby's track it really is, is really it is really what the new true new edition sound was. Mr. Telephone Man, there's something wrong with my line. When I dial my baby's number, I get a click every time. Mr. That song had more of a blending of their vocals. Bobby's primarily, but Ralph was in there as well. And Ricky, you can't forget Ricky's part. Ricky was a big part. Right, right. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. They gave Ricky a couple lines, but but what, that was the three. That was, I think, that was a really good indication of like the blending of those three. Well, that's true. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And then without that, though, then you've just got Ralph and sometimes Ricky and Ralph. And I got love for Ralph. Ralph was probably my favorite new member of New Edition. But he definitely has a lane vocally that mm. he stays in. And it's a lane that I think kept the group trapped in a style, let alone like, you know, what the producers were doing on, on the backside as well, until you had Johnny join in and return some bass and a little bit of cojones to the music <laughs> to the sound anyway yes to the sound <laughs> i'm not going to go there with you vince i'm not going there vince i know exactly where you're going i'm not going there vince. I'm, I'm, I'm not going there vince we're Mm-mm. gonna go there vince i'll let you go there vince i'm here for it i remember the first video without bobby brown was count me out Because he was about to say he was he's on the album, but you're right, he had left yes, before they left. started making the videos. That's right. And back to what you were saying about that edge that Bobby had. I remember them being in these cardigan sweaters and these button down. Like it was like every bit of that edge was just squeezed. They had, like I said, they had on cardigans is what I'm saying. Like, right, right, right. Itself, you know? And so I remember it just being the four of them and like the video being cute, but kind of campy and the way that they acted with each other and just being like, is this my little teenage heart? I just remember being like, is this how it's going to be? Like, I'm about to say, is this the end? Is this the end? <laughs> is this the end? <laughs> I was with y'all all the way. It was just, it was, it was, it was rough. But then also around that time to hear, because I remember where I was the first time I heard that Bobby Brown had left New Edition and he was doing King of Stage and Girlfriend came out. It was on Power 99. It was on the countdown. They mm. debuted. And I heard Girlfriend and I said, oh no. 
This won't. This won't do. You left. Toya was concerned. I, I mean, write your congressman concerned. Like, <laughs> you left for this? <laughs> you, you couldn't do this here? I don't understand. You couldn't do this here? I remember the very first time. of love in my heart You and me, girl Warded hands Please be my lady Won't you think about girlfriend because it's not much i'm not gonna lie it's not much but i think this was bobby and his producers trying to show that bobby could get a ralph tresvant new edition track over because girlfriend is a ralph tresvant track yeah I agree. Easily I agree. And he got it I would, over. I would even, right, I would even go so far as to say they were trying to get a new edition track over, which mm-hmm. we're saying the same thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically. You, you know, we can do new edition with him by himself. Right. And he, and he, and it, and it got over. I mean, it, no, did it blow up? Was it much? No. Yeah. It's not, in retrospect, it's not bad. Right. It, now that we know what was coming. Now that we know that. And in sure. retrospect, to be honest, in retrospect, if you go back and listen to a lot of the new edition songs of around that same time, it's on par with a lot of their stuff. I love new edition, but they don't got no bangers. They ain't got no real, real bangers. If y'all can see me, I'm looking around the room like, why? Um, look, no, why I'm saying around show? that time. I'm saying around <laughs> that show. I'm saying around that time. Around that time. New edition. Look. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. I'm saying around okay. that time. It was okay. it was on par okay. for the music that they were producing. They had a, a couple of, you know, okay. nice tracks. You know, Count Me Out is a nice track. You know, um, uh, a little bit of love is what it takes. Oh, I was about to say, a little bit of love is cold. <laughs> Just a little edgier about a little, mm, little, little slicker. It was a little yeah. slicker. I'll give you that. Especially mm-hmm. in, in comparison to Candy Girl, in comparison to Mr. Telephone Man for sure. Um, and those other songs, they just I think as a single, it reminded me of go back going back to the new edition album, the second album. I always loved I'm Leaving You Again, which is an album track. No, Remember I'm leaving I'm you again. You mm-hmm. again. That's a nice mm-hmm. R&B jam. It was never a single, but to me, it seemed a little bit more mature musically. True, true. And the other bubblegum stuff. So to me, when they came out with a little bit of love, that was on par for me for my with my favorite album track, which was I'm Leaving You Again. Oh, yeah. 
see your I'm leaving you again mm-hmm. and I'll raise you Marianne. Marianne is a very sweet song. Marianne, I think, is a mature, uh, has a little bit of the same kind of like doo-wop-ish, Motown-ish type of vibe that they kind of uh, entered into the world with, with the Candy Girl album, but it's a little bit more mature. It's yeah. better written. You got Tina Marie writing that song, like yo, mm. you ain't gonna front with Tina Marie. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I'm leaving right. you again. Is Ricky and Ralph writing a love song? Marianne is Tina Marie giving these boys something really of substance to work with, right? Mm. Right, with some heft, exactly, which, which they really didn't get again until Ne Heartbreak, right? As far as the material. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Mr. Telephone Man, knowing that that was written by Ray Parker Jr. makes so much sense because he always yes. had those really mm-hmm. catchy kind of hooks. That's, and that's yep. why it was so perfect yeah. to be able to give that yeah. to them. Yeah, it's that radio, it's that radio sound, mm-hmm. that R-A-R-A-Y radio sound. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's, it's that radio sound. I was actually surprised that that was the only track that he did for them. I thought they they were worked well in unison because he wrote it mm-hmm. and produced it as well. So I yeah, I mm-hmm. would have been interesting to see them work together again around that time, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, Maurice Starr had his hands, his clutches. I was about to say, I right, sure right. Did. I suspect it. So sure did. I, I, at some point, you're gonna have to pay Ray Parker. <laughs> at some point, you're gonna have to pay Ray right, Parker like today. actually pay him. <laughs> Do you remember the first New Edition album, cassette, vinyl, 8-track, whatever it was that you bought? The first New Edition project that you bought? Now, I have to say, I did not purchase any New Edition probably until any heartbreak. Okay. My sister, I have a younger sister, Mm -hmm. so I got a lot of New Edition through proxy. Mm. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then you, you know, again, it's it's sort of like we we were saying a few minutes ago. My appreciation for earlier new edition is retroactive. Mm, okay. So that so that now we can talk about their legacy and you can see their growth. And in a lot of ways, for Gen X, I would argue they're the only musician that we have that we've seen an evolution like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I bought any heartbreak. I bought okay. Candy Girl. I bought New Edition. I bought All for Love. I even bought Under the Blue Moon. <laughs> I bought them I all because I stand for New Edition. <laughs> and even though you was pointing out how they was rocking the cardigans, and I did peep them cardigans, but I ain't even going to front. As a young boy who's right around in lockstep with age with them, I was like, yo. It look kind of cool to me. That's what I'm seeing people wear. I like them cardigans. Hey, mom, can I get a cardigan? And like they had like the brooches. And I'm like, yo, I'm, 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 I'm with it. I'm with, it. I'm, I'm with that look. I'm with, the, I'm with that look. I wasn't with the curl, but I was with that look. You know what I'm saying? I'm- Were you with the shag? Were you with Ralph Shag? 
No, no. See, I, see, I never saw that as a shag. I always saw that as like a wing sticking off the back of his head. And I was like, yo, dog, like that is not, that is not a good look, dog. And he looked like he just took always. his stocking cap off. I'm like, yo, bro, like you supposed he to let baby. it off and breathe. He was baby. I always thought Ralph should have should open a small boutique called Shags and Stir Up. I don't love her. I try to tell myself, but you can see it in my eyes. I can't fool no one else The truth is in the tears I cry Cause if it isn't love Why do I feel this Ralph couldn't rock his, couldn't rock his uh, shag No, he could not but Ralph did pull off the stirrups. There's not a lot of people who could pull off oh. stirrups. And Ralph pulled them off. I'm sorry. I, I know it don't work, it don't work with you, Vince, because you all, you know, drink whiskey, Mr. You know, knock him back. But he, I think he actually did pull off some stirrups. I couldn't have pulled them off. I don't think anybody else in the group could or wanted to pull them off. But oh, he no. pulled them off. For those that don't know, we are referring to... Ralph Trezant in the If It Isn't Love video, their comeback video, when Ralph was wearing in dance rehearsal. Yes, yes, pants. yes. Context, yes. context, stirrup please. Pants, dance rehearsal, he was wearing stirrup pants, which I I thought was different. But to me, I was like, you know what? <laughs> Ralph is a dancer, and he knows about the aerodynamics of uh, dance wear. Right, right, right. right. It's, it's aerodynamics. Yeah, aerodynamics. Right, he had studied with Alvin Ailey. Yeah, so, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So, like, to me, I said, well, that, he knows about that. I do not. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to question that. One thing that you mentioned, you were talking about the group, like, as uh, Gen Xers, they're the group that we've seen grow up. I've always thought that they were our temptations. Mm-hmm. Like our parents had the temptations so much so that you have the the smooth, sweet sound of Eddie Kendricks, which to me you could liken to Ralph. You know, you have David Ruffin, you have Bobby as far as the bad boy, and you know what I mean? All those kinds mm-hmm. of things, like what mm-hmm. they brought to the group. And they've really been um just a template for so many other groups. You can even look at like other, like even white boy bands, there's like the bad guy. The cute, you know what I mean? The cute, you know, right, innocent right, one. Right. Like, the one that's kind of awkward and never kind of quite got the dance steps quite right. The one that's the best dancer, you know? And there's been this, like, boy band template that I really believe, of course, started with The Temptations, but has been perfected to me by New Edition. Um, and unfortunately, they also ran into some of the, the hard stuff that that the temptations have have gone through too, which caused them to split and go different ways. Right. Right. But one thing that they've done better than the temptations is I think you have a better record of solo careers Mm. from new edition alumni than you do temptation alumni like Dennis Edwards, Eddie Kendricks, David Ruffin, none of them have had the solo career of a Bobby Brown and arguably a Johnny Gill. Yeah. So that is, that's one point for new addition. Very true. That's very true. I agree. And the the other thing that I will say, even though I I get the correlation with the temptations, um, and even though there was very early on the correlate, you know, the comparison to the Jackson five, 
I think you rightfully mark them as the template for everything going forward because the temp- the temptations were they were men they were men in in a group and they were then, never a boy band right, right. they were never a boy yeah, band exactly. and there mm-hmm. were people that followed in their wake like the OJs and and yes. the, the the spinners and everything like that right right the, um the then you had the Jackson 5 and i think new edition is probably like mm-hmm. the, the amalgamation of temptations a a group that is put together um, but on a younger vibe, the Jacksons had, you know, they were a family. New Edition, they were a group of friends. And any doubt that they are the template is thrown away by when you just look at their story and look at the immediately after they left Maurice Starr, Maurice Starr was like, was like huh, I'll show them. And along comes new kids on the block. On the block. Right, right. Let me get some white boys. Exactly. But they're, but they, they are are uh, uh, specifically and purposefully built to be almost the Caucasian copy mm-hmm. of new edition in look style and sound, you know? Mm-hmm. So they are indeed the template for everything that has followed through. I mean, even, even today, I mean, uh, I mean, you see the DNA in, in pretty much every K-pop band. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of again, new addition. Yep. So it sounds to me like BTS needs to be cutting some royalty checks to Bobby, Ronnie, Ricky, and my and Ralph. And Ralph, and stop right the, there. No, no, the, stop the, right the, there. You're right. The, you're right. Stop right there. Those they'll five. split and well, well, it, <laughs> give a little. It's a, it's a temptation thing again. Dennis Edwards was in the Temptations longer than David Ruffin, much like Johnny Gill has been longer than yes! Bobby Brown. <laughs> You're right. That's true. But he still, right. but he still gets that. <laughs> He's like a plus one. And like, like Johnny's pointed out, when I am supposed to be at a new edition thing, I am there. I have <laughs> am the only one who has always been there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ever since I stepped up, I have been the professional. Because you know Johnny is quick to point out what he has done. So he points out that I. <laughs> have been at every show i have not missed a rehearsal when did they meet me at rehearsal that is like <laughs> I, I am always right, right right i am always there doing my job vince you mentioned that the first new edition album that you bought was any heartbreak what did you think about the addition of johnny gill to new edition i liked it be- because much like we've been talking about there was always that hole mm-hmm. when bobby was gone and I was a Johnny Gill fan. Mm-hmm. I was actually a Johnny Gill fan. He, of course, had a <laughs> modest. Is modest a good word? A modest career. Yeah. Up until that point, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you know. I, I enjoyed Johnny he, Gill. Half crazy. Right. I enjoyed per, a perfect combination. Oh, Love yeah. Pussy. Oh yeah. You know he and he and Stacy Lattisaw. thought it was a good addition to new addition mm-hmm. and i thought immediately that it matured them yes and yeah. it matured their sound mm-hmm. Be- because much like uh lynn i do think ralph's voice pigeonholed them mm-hmm. 
you know, as the single lead, you, you know, yeah. I like Ricky, but but I don't think Ricky is strong enough to really be a counterpoint to Ralph. Okay. And when you bring Johnny in, then you have that blending again. And it's not so much that Ricky's not strong enough, it's just that there's not enough difference in their voice it's and, the contrast. or what they're bringing it's to this. Okay, I was about to That's say that contrast. might be a better way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not, because I, I don't want to knock Ricky as a singer when they do eventually break off after any heartbreak and all go about their solo points. Ricky is the main singer of what would be Belle Biv DeVoe. Mm-hmm. And he carries he carries the singing weight there. Yeah, don't, don't nobody come to Belle Biv DeVoe for singing now. Okay, well, they had some slow jams that were nice, and he is the singer, and he gets them over. He is. Yeah. I mean, gosh, Vince. <laughs> ain't nobody coming here. Ain't nobody coming here. Bell Biv DeVoe for the singing. Shh. Be quiet. I want to hear them singing. Uh, <laughs> Come just, on now. I feel like I feel Bell like Biv DeVoe is pure attitude. Yeah, but I, I still want to see when you smile again. Ricky doesn't play his position well, which he does. All I said was, let's not pretend that Belle Biv DeVoe is the spotlight on the vocal stylings of Ricky Bell. Well, it, it is the spotlight on this because he can't do the rap. That's Ronnie and Mike's part. So, <laughs> and he can't he can't do the he can't do like you know the bravado at the end. That's Johnny. So you know. He's like, yo, I think he plays lane, his position. Ricky, right. Ricky's lane is a great lane. And I don't think anyone could have ever, not that Ricky would have left, but I really don't think anybody could have really replaced Ricky. There's just something about where he fits in the discography. But like I said, those moments that he has in those songs, like, can you sure. in the rain? Like, Mr. Telephone Man. Like, he has such a niche. And I feel like, We'll get to the movie, but I feel like that wasn't really understood until the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Ricky's position, like in the group and the things that he went through and things that they all went through. So I, I have thought, I have thought that Ricky, up until the movie, even with everything that every every song, every album, new edition has created, I felt like up until the movie, Ricky was grossly underappreciated. I, I, I think that's fair, you although. See that? I- I do think you you can't have a Bell Biv DeVoe without Ricky. Like you need Ricky and Bell Biv DeVoe. Oh, yes. oh, you need yeah, no, you need Ricky and Bell Biv DeVoe. Right. But 
you know, I, I think you're right. I think he gets lost in New Edition mm-hmm. as far as being appreciated. Yeah, but he just, he adds so much. Um, you said, Len, the first album you bought, you bought Candy Girl, you yep. bought, you bought all of them. You even have Under the Blue Moon. Under the Blue Moon. Earth Angel, Earth Angel. I just want to point out, Lynn really is, I mean, not to take away from Vince, but what I know about Lynn is that he is very much a new edition stand to the point where he was like, when you do a new edition show and I'm not on it, I will destroy everything you've ever created. No, he didn't didn't say that. (laughs) Suddenly, you were on Dynasty. You were on Dynasty in 1983. I will destroy you. I will destroy you. Everything you ever created. No, no, no. But Len, like, he's like, you have to have me on the show. So I definitely wanted to talk to him about that. But do you have Mm. Helplessly in Love from the Dragnet soundtrack? She takes a sip of her drink. <laughs> right. Out of a straw, that little sinister. Uh-huh. With the pinky up. That's cool. That's cool. Oh. oh, you're unaware of that, you say. <laughs> I'm aware. Interesting. Fan, huh? I'm aware. I'm aware. Look, look, look. I'm aware of it. I don't recognize. I mean, the song is okay. I don't recognize it because it's in Dragnet. I like, like, there's nobody's checking for Dragnet. Right. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's all like right. It's like my top five. Helplessly in Love is in my top five. It is a pretty song. Favorite Lynn. new edition song. In fact, I just, I just. It's not top five. I, for me, for me, it's top five as far as my personal favorites. And I, I wanted to also point that out because that was the first time that they worked with Jam and Lewis. Mm, okay. Okay. Was that song? Mm-hmm. And as as Vince pointed out, he said he attributed, you know, their more mature sound to Johnny. I really attributed it to Jam and Lewis. Definitely Jam and Lewis. Um Johnny helped kind of like age age their sound a little bit more. Jam and Lewis definitely brought um more sophistication to their music as well as to their to their lyrics. Um, so I will give you, give you that, Uh, but I will say that I do think that there were moments on the new edition album and all for love album that hinted at what they could be if they had better material. And Mm -hmm. then Jimmy Jam and Terry Mm -hmm. Lewis just got them right at that sweet moment because remember they, they were still kids. So he, he, they got to them right at that sweet moment with 
great material right when their voices were and their their confidence and their swag was maturing to the point where it all just coalesced in the Heartbreak album. which is the first time that i saw them live i went to that concert at the spectrum and i think it was like 88 89 something like that yeah yeah that's about right that's right and i remember going there Big time new edition fan going there, having a great time. It was their tour. It was Bobby Brown was opening for them. And I rem- I remember going to the to the concert saying, like, you know what? It's cool. I'm gonna sit and 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 listen to New Edition live. And I'm walking into the concert and I pass the stand and they've got the the program this is back when they had programs for the concert mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm flipping through the through the program and like you know on a cover the cover of the album they're all there like in their um double-breasted suits but the program was a close-up of them on the cover so the suits were like mm-hmm. on front and it was looking yeah. all nice and fly and then you opened it up and they were like like there's some casual shots and you uh-huh. know and i was and dude, I ain't gonna lie. I, I man, look, I, I got a, an immediate crush on five black young bulls, and I was like, "Yo, I am buying this program. How much is this? Twenty five dollars? Well, I came with thirty. That's fine. Here you go, twenty five dollars. You know, five dollars. I'll, I'll take you to McDonald's later, baby." Um, <laughs> I got I had the program. They were singing. I was looking at the program, listening to the singing, program, singing, singing. I came home. I cut up that program. It went up on my wall next to my oh run DMC. Like, yo, I was like, as much as I was in for new edition, I was there, dog. I was there. And Johnny Gill, this is why I like Johnny Gill. Because I was a fan of Johnny Gill too, but even as much as of a fan of Johnny Gill as I was, I immediately realized that a little bit of Johnny Gill is really all you need. Like, cause Johnny Gill, he can go on on a song. You know what I mean? Listen, so <laughs> with New Edition, so now he's just more or less allowed to just do what you listen to Johnny Gill. You listen for the runs. Well, now Johnny's all he is is running at the end of every song, and that's perfect right because he couldn't dance so on stage he would just (laughs) run to a spot do his run and the the boys would be grooving i was like yo this was (sighs) i was a dumb little kid man in love back to my jam and lewis point though i'm sorry yes you were going somewhere no 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 no, no, but it ties in because had it not been for jam and lewis knowing what the number is outstanding producers that they are that they really pay attention to not just the vocal ability of their artists that they work with, but also mm-hmm. like the personalities and mm-hmm. the stories and the lives, the things that they're going through. Johnny Gill joining New Edition could have been a disaster 
because of how mm-hmm. youthful their voices were mm-hmm. and how strong and mature his voice was. He, the wrong producer, would have had Johnny running all yeah. over. Yeah, right. Their vocals and possibly making it sound so mismatched because they could have had them still doing like kind of like that bubblegum mm-hmm. with Johnny Gill singing. And that makes no sense. Right. Right. You know, and so you needed something like um, uh, you needed something like if it is in love. What well, actually it's a rap song. You needed something like Can You Stand the Rain? Mm-hmm. You needed right, right. like Boys uh, to Men. I was listening to Johnny Gill on uh, Quest Love Supreme and he was talking about how Jam and Lewis were like, you know, you're not going to get no solos on this album. Uh-huh. Just, just know, just know, be comfortable knowing that this is, this is not your time <laughs> for that, with everything that's going on within the culture that is new additions. Mm-hmm. But we're going to give you this Boys and Men song. And he hated that song. So all that passion you hear in that song, Boys and Men, is him just really being angry. Right, right, <laughs> right. Which I don't blame him because it's it's not that right. great of a song. It's not a love song. Like who wanted a coming of age song from Johnny Gill? Yeah, right. Yeah, but he sings the hell out of it. I, he had to. He was angry and he was like, you know what? Well, this is gonna be the song that I sing. It's gonna be this the way I'm gonna sing. a great song it's a coming of age song it's like you know it's like coolie high the song but you know he gets it over he, he sings it well and he probably doesn't realize at in the moment how long lasting and how instantly classic can you stand the rain is in that song and then coming in at the end that that would really show, showcase his voice in such an amazing way in harmony with New Edition where it's one of their best songs ever. Can you say, I think Candy Sand Rain is their best song. Yeah, I mean any heartbreak is their masterpiece. I don't, I mean is that, is, I mean is that up for are we debating that? That's my. Uh, is that you, the, the album? We're talking the album. The it's album. I, the oh, album yeah. is their masterpiece. Hands down. Hands you know. Yeah. No. No doubt. So. And then, can you stand the rain? Is is you know one of the twin jewels on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd say with if it isn't love, which was instantly iconic. Right. Like instantly, you knew that you were going to be listening to this for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, these dance steps. These dance steps. Were y'all were y'all doing these dance steps? How, how, how good were you at these? At, it's sort of like the, the thriller video. 
It's sort of like the thriller video. Even if you've never practiced, you know every <laughs> single step. Yes. Like if someone put a gun in your head, you can do the thriller choreography <laughs> yes. and you can do the if it isn't love choreography. Sure could. Sure could. Len, you talked about their impact as far as you uh, putting their pictures on your wall and everything. And so uh, where were you when it came Where, where you made it weird. I'm going to just say you made it weird for a second. But now we're back. <laughs> I didn't make it weird. I made it real, man, because I was, I was. You made it real. I was in love with them boys. They, they was my dudes. Yo. All right. Now I'm about to make it weird. I was so. <laughs> I was so down with New Edition and. I'm certain I'm not the only guy who did this. That I many times would see myself as the sixth member of New Edition. <laughs> I love it. When I would sit alone in my room looking in my mirror, you know, with my brush in hand, well, my sister's brush actually, because it was bigger and looked like a mic. Um, and I would add my warbly vocals to the ends of some of their songs or my mismatched raps to songs that didn't need raps, but I could insert them in there. Um, <laughs> I was the sixth member of New Edition. I even remember one time... I make it. You wanted it weird. Here's weird. I remember. This is, this is all about the first time I heard. So this is what we're talking about. So please continue. Please, I, please. I remember one time when. Um, what was what, I think it was my secret was playing on the radio because I love myself. I love my secret. I just thought it was really cool. It's just a cool, cool ass song. And I think if I remember the video, I think there was a video or something about them playing basketball with, with, with my basketball secret. Game. Yeah, that's right. basketball going up to the basketball court and now i'm singing my secret and i'm like i'm passing it to ralph i'm passing it to bob i'm like yo yo do edition plus one what in philly uh -huh. yeah toy it is your show this is your show uh-huh uh-huh oh tell, yeah let me tell you why i really respect that what i really respect about the, about all of that i mean respect a lot of times when people think about like being in a group, you know, like say, let's say Destiny's Child, I'm the mm -hmm. Beyonce, I'm the Kelly, I'm the Michelle, or like, you know, they, they mm -hmm. pick who they want to be. You right. can't pick any of them. <laughs> you weren't the Ralph. You weren't the Michael. You weren't the Ricky. No, you were the Len. You were the Len. <laughs> That's right. You Len were the Len. In New Edition. You were the that's, That's what right. I respect. You created your own thing. <laughs> That's right. You That's didn't right. want nobody else's spot. Mm -hmm. You, I, I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. And I, I thank you so much for sharing that with me. <laughs> Nothing will ever be the same. <laughs> 
I would say my secret was, because I couldn't be in New Edition. So my secret was the first song off of the new album that I created a dance routine to. Because I that was my thing. <laughs> I had dance routines to everything. And then my friends would come and do sleepovers, like we have sleepovers, and then I would teach them the choreography mm-hmm. to my dances. Cause I was I was the Debbie Allen in my story. And <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, like a cane. Ding, yeah, doom, oh, yeah. I was the Debbie mm-hmm. Allen in my oh, story yeah. in my living room. So whenever there was a new album that I got or that my dad got me, I would create dances to whichever song I just felt was 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 begging for my choreography to be added. And mm-hmm. my song That's right. was my secret, and that was the song that I picked. It's a great song. I in being. First and foremost, especially at that time, an artist and an, an aspiring young, oh, I want to draw a comic book type of artist. I, um, for a project for school, we had to do <clears throat> like a single story, like in, in comic book form. So mm-hmm. I did, I wish I still had it, but I don't. I did a one page strip that was, in my mind, a music video for Lost in Love. <gasps> so it was oh. it was this guy who was walking through a snowstorm and he comes across this heart in the snow and he sits down with the heart and then he sees like this vision of this this lady like in the in the sky and I just wrote the lyrics down the side of the paper as I um had the little images like paneled out i think it was like about seven or eight panels all together that's how much i was down for new edition i said they ain't have a video i i, I got you a video. i love it i got you i wish y'all could see vince's face vince is like i bought any heartbreak i don't really <laughs> i couldn't believe that bell biv devoe was a thing like i couldn't believe they had pulled it off that's true that, that is true was something else the audacity. Like, I love them just for the audacity. Yeah. I agree with that. Did you buy, did you buy a uh, Poison? The album? No, not at all. I totally <laughs> did. And it's a great album. I mean, it's one of those, not like, right, from right. top to bottom, it was just... Right. You had to right. buy Poison. I bought, I bought Poison. I remember buying the album thinking, this uh, logo is is corny. This is, like, this is a weak logo. But Mike was carrying this leather bag and I was like, yo, I want that bag. That bag is banging. Yeah. Like, yo. Like, and then you you listen to the to the um poison and you know, thought it was me and do me uh, baby. Do me baby. Do me baby. Mm-hmm. I was right. like, oh, yeah. yo, yo. They pulled it off. They pulled it off so well that I enjoyed it in spite of myself because I said, uh now, no addition, never going to get back together. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, I remember interviews with BBD and they would be, because they crossed over. Yep. They really and they'd did. be on like American Bandstand or MTV and they would say, oh, well, how'd you guys meet? And they would say, oh, well, we've known each other for years from Boston. And they wouldn't even mention New Edition. Oh, I don't remember those like, interviews. Really? I don't oh, I remember at least two interviews on MTV, like the white outlets. Mm. We are friends from Boston. We grew <laughs> up together. I don't think they thought they were really going to get back together. And I think part of the reason, and oh, 
Y'all got to tread lightly with me with this because you know I'm sensitive. I think that they thought, as a lot of us did, that Ralph, my beloved Ralph, was going to come out and and do what we all know that he could do on a very Bobby Brown level. Mm-hmm. And so when he came out and he did Sensitivity, which did very well. Very well. Right. So make this quick dollar. Yeah. So it's over. Like it's over because Ralph is out now. Yeah. Like we always thought he was going to be, and so it's over. And 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 the other thing you got to remember is that after Heartbreak, Johnny Gill puts out the Johnny Gill album. Oh my God! Now and now Johnny Gill knows how to do fast songs and dance a little bit. Standing album. up even larger yeah and 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 bobby brown is just he is in full bobby mode so it really doesn't look like they're going to get right together yeah also do you think just to stick with bbd do you think Alpi shore slaps himself in the mouth every time he hears poison to this day you know spider-man offered it to him first I did not know this. This is new information. Offered it to Al B. Shore first. Al B. Shore didn't want to say. Think about it. It actually sounds like an Al B. Shore song. Now that I'm hearing it, I can totally hear it. Because I hear, for some reason, I'm hearing misunderstanding by, mm-hmm. by Al B. Shore. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm hearing like that mm-hmm. dancey, like misunderstanding. So I'm hearing also poison. Al B. Shore turned it. He offered it to Al B. Shore. <sighs> Al B. Shore turned it down. It yeah, but you know what? Song. It wouldn't have been his, it wouldn't have been as popular. I was about to say it wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have been the same because I'll be sure definitely has one mode as far as vocally, as far as his whole vibe. And while mm-hmm. I could hear that song sung in that in that mode, it wouldn't have had the same energy that those three guys brought to it. It, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been it, it wouldn't have been the hit that it was. No, no, no but they wouldn't still. be running into the ground like they are. Right now. It's got a sting. It's got a sting when you hear it, though. Yeah. Like just a little bit. Yeah, I guess probably. Like the off on your own checks. Like how good are they <laughs> compared to the poison checks? That's true. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> like that poison check. That's a good check. Even if you got split it three ways, that's a good that's check. A very that's good a check. good. That's a consistent check. Uh, oh, I heard poison twice today. <laughs> they play poison all the time. The only thing close to a poison check is a night and day check. 
maybe 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 because on the white thing. pop stations they play you poison that's true i don't I don't, th- I don't think i'll be sure got any poison checks i don't think he got any yeah. poison checks he did that he don't uh i don't know if ralph Tresnant got any poison checks i don't know if anyone in new edition got poison checks except for bobby brown oh that's true You know what? I have bought tickets to see New Edition twice and real world stuff got in the way. My grandmother died once and then one time the show got canceled. I need the show get canceled. (laughs) Which show was that? (laughs) Which one? (sighs) There's so many to choose from. No, no, no. It, It was in the 90s. It may have been the one with all of them. It was Home Again Tour. It, yep. it, it may have been the tour, yep. the, the tour they were shooting. Yep. Yeah, I think I remember. It was it. That was the tour where they were all shooting at each other. Yeah. Well, not all of them, but enough of them. It only takes one. So I mean, takes- I was supp- I was supposed to see that tour. Yeah, me and my brother had tickets for the Heartbreak Tour, the one that Lynn was talking about, and my grandmother died. Mm-hmm. And then I had tickets to see that, the you know, Bobby Brown, be, you know, with all of them. Mm-hmm. That fell apart almost immediately. Yes, it did. Uh, yes, it did. To, to the point, Toya, you know, in doing research for our conversation today, I watched that Frankenstein of a video that you pointed out to me for Hit Me Off. Yeah. That is horrible. That is a horrible video. This ep- this episode is canceled. That is no, no, no. The song I love. I love the song. Yes, this whole episode, I gotta go find some real new edition fans. What do you mean? Hit me off. It's terrible. No, the song I love. The video. I, I heard you the first time. The video. <laughs> the video is garbage. The video is oh garbage. No, you have the wrong. You have the wrong. You have the wrong. You have the wrong song. I, I don't think you. I don't think you're saying. It's hit me off. Controversy. Hit me off the, the, the video with a budget. The one that we just watched, Len. The one when they're all like on their James Bond. That's not hit me off. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's hit me off. So what's the one that I just saw? There's one I saw. They're not on their James Bond. They you were watching are, Lethal um, Weapon 3. It was, um... It can't. You're not talking about hit me off. I'm saying I will unplug everything. It's off, I will it's unplug. Off, it's off that album though. It's off that album. You're talking about either. You're talking about one more day, where they had to piece it together because all the guys weren't together. No, it, it's not hit me off. It's uh, you don't have to worry. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, you don't have to okay. worry. <laughs> okay. See, it's, look at you. Woo! Look at you, Woo! causing consternation. Woo! I was, I was like, this, this is, this is canceled. This is canceled. You, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Video with is. Bobby or without Bobby. Bobby's in it. Bobby's in the video. The remix or the original? I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a bad video. That's all I know. It's a bad video. It's a bad time on screen. I didn't enjoy it. 
I didn't enjoy it. I, I'm sorry. And yeah, those and you know what? Because I ain't scared of you, Toya. The hit me off video, it's all right. You know what, Vince? We're going to go. We're going to do a separate room. I'm going to do a breakout room on Zoom. It's all right. And, um... Hit me I, off I guess, is fun. I, I, it's a fun video. It is. It was their comeback video. Yeah, it was so fun. They had yeah. never had a budget that big right. for anything. Well, I True. disagree. And it was so good to see them all together, looking healthy at the time because we didn't know. Yes. What we know now. <laughs> you know, it was fun. It was. We got to see Johnny and Bobby together. Like, come when do you on. see that? I, I, I think that the if it isn't love is a better video. We don't well, have to compare. Again, that's the iconic. Two. Yeah, it's iconic. Like, we're not comparing the two. Like, I'm not about to sit up here and compare Thriller to You Rock My World. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, these are very different eras, different times. Like, it's just different. Now, what I will say, since we're throwing controversy in the wind. Because I ain't scared of you, and I ain't scared of Vince. You're not scared of me because I'm not in the room, but go ahead. That's true. Um, (laughs) As much as I love the tour, as much as I stand for a heartbreak, I think that Home Again is a better album. I like that album more. Oh, I do. I completely disagree with that. I do. And and now I'm and I'm, here's what I'm going to tell you. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Do you like it more, or is it a better album? Because those can be two different things. Well, like, one things, true. One, I things. like it more, and two, okay. I do think that these songs on it are consistently better. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yes. Heartbreak has the iconic songs because it's got, you know, Can You Stand the Rain and it's got If It Isn't Love, right? But I will, outside of those two, those two songs, and maybe for me, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm coming home. I'll put anything, uh, um, I'll put anything on home again up against the rest of, of Heartbreak. Home Again doesn't age well. Home Again sounds like all of those albums from the 90s. Home Again could be a Drew Hill album. Like, there's nothing actually, like, there's nothing actually there with Home Again. Home Again sounds like New Edition chasing a sound. Are you really putting, how would you like, how would you like your love served up against... (laughs) Up against Sorry You're Not My Kind of Girl up against... First of all, Coming Home is one of my favorite New Edition songs, too. I love I love I, I just, I'm Coming Home. I love that track. Oh, Slept oh my track. gosh. But, and I love a lot of moments on the Home Again album. Yeah. Yeah, there's but, a lot of moments. One More Day, I'm Still in Love With beautiful. You. Beautiful. How yes. Do You Like Your Love, Sir? Oh, But then tighten it up comes okay, on. Okay, tighten it, tighten it up is, is, is whatever. But shop around. I like shop around. I actually do like you don't have to worry. I I, I love that. I do like yeah. that. It hit me it hit me off is, is a fun a fun little track. I and I don't You don't have to worry sounds like 
any well it sounds like a bad boy song it does sound like a like bad boy it, it sounds more bad boyish than anything they did on the actual um bad boy album that they did isn't that mm. funny <laughs> right but I, true. I, I, I and I'll, I'll give you that but i still think there is more of a a, a vibe to you don't have to worry that i actually i actually disagree while it does sound 90ish i don't think it sounds as dated as you think it does whereas with any heartbreak or the heartbreak album there's a lot of great tracks on there it's true but i think a lot of that synthesized sound on there sounds dated like crucial i used to love crucial but crucial sounds dated right even even there are some aspects of uh if it isn't love that in your memory banks it blows up and you love it but some of the the musicality of it sounds a a little dated. I it's just it's 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 just one man's opinion. I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying it's not a good album. I'm just thinking I, to me, I would. You all should see Toya's face. I'm concerned. I have great concern. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy talk. It's not crazy. Like this is crazy talk. First of all, I'm I'm mad that you, you had me on the show. <laughs> I'm mad that you met, you happen to mention all those songs off the Home Again album and did not mention the Ralph President led up tempo of something about you. Something about you, babe, makes me feel the way I do. That I love you, babe. You dream like a fool. Oh, tell me, babe. Huge in Lithuania. Huge. But what we're not going to do, we're not going to do on this show or ever in my presence, is slight Ralph Tresman when he had a really good song. And this is what I want to bring up because we talked about this briefly, and you'll have to, you might have to edit this back. When I talked about how Ralph did not do the numbers that we thought Bobby would do, which mm. maybe was by BBD was like, we got to do something because now Ralph is out. With right. Him. I feel like the songs that Ralph Tresman did on um, House Party 2, um, Mo Money, proved that he should have come out with an up-tempo on his first his first effort sensitivity was great mm-hmm. but there's no reason knowing what we know about him as a front man that he should not have come out as hard as johnny gill who just learned to dance five minutes ago and <laughs> rub you the right way how you let That's johnny right. gill, how you let johnny gill out group <laughs> how <laughs> like how you let johnny gill out dance you yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. And, we, and then had the nerve, had the nerve to outdance Ralph on Fairweather Friend. How are you letting Johnny Gill outdance you on Fairweather Friend? You know why? Because Johnny go to rehearsal. <laughs> on time. On time. He beats Brooke there. 
That's right. He beats Brooke there. And so I think, and that's always hurt my heart. So whenever anybody says anything about Ralph Treasure or does not mention Ralph Treasure, I'm like, no, wait a minute. Let's not forget <laughs> that Ralph had, you know, um, but something about you, I remember how much I really, really love that song. And yeah, I think, I think New Edition has some great classics. I actually went to the Home Again tour. Oh, wait, you mentioned, okay, so you guys mentioned that you, okay, so Vince, you had tickets to the New Edition, any heartbreak tour, but you didn't go because your grandmother passed away. I had tickets. I got put on punishment. Oh, no. I got grounded. You got put on any punishment. <laughs> so this is what I did in my in my room. If you remember in any heartbreak, it opens up with them in concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the concert I was at. <laughs> 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 I played that in my room the night of the concert, like I was at the concert. So at my concert, they did every song off any heartbreak because <laughs> right that's right <laughs> from top to bottom and the interludes because i was not missing a new edition concert so that so the first one i actually went to was the home again tour with black street keith sweat i believe was 702 i believe they brought out missy i think i'm pretty sure that was the same one whitney houston was there whitney was on the side bobby would not stop talking to whitney and <laughs> nobody else was talking to Bobby. So easy. <laughs> <laughs> he needed somebody to talk to. He was talking to Whitney. And then after that, when I lived in, that was in Philly, when I lived in Nashville, the show, the only show, the uh, only new edition show I went to in Nashville, I was so excited because it was be all six. And I was counting down and I was like, okay, two more days. I just, I need Bobby to hold on for two more days. I need Bobby to hold on for two more days. I need him to not leave because there was all these things about him leaving. So I would like all throughout the week, five days, four days, three days, two days. On a Saturday night, I happened to look at my phone. I looked on Twitter and it says Whitney Houston dead. And I didn't get to see Bobby. And I didn't get to see Bobby until it was all six at the man in Philadelphia, which was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. So I want to tell everybody, if you've never seen New Edition and you want to see just excellence in showmanship, showmanship and choreography, they still have it. And a lot of groups that came out around the same time they did and after that they gave birth to cannot right. say the same. Can And that's why I say there are temptations because they still can do those steps. They're still ridiculously in sync with one another. Even Johnny. But right. Yeah, in time. Even Johnny. Johnny falls in. But I think... Well, well they've slowed down for Johnny. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, talking about their consummate professionalism, something I always... This is something super random that I've always remembered. There is an episode of Being Bobby Brown mm. where Bobby Brown goes to... I believe it's Jimmy Kimmel. And and this is during the moment where Bobby Brown is basically a personality. Mm -hmm. And he goes on Jimmy Kimmel. And I remember they did him dirty mm. because they like plod him full of chicken wings. And, you know, Bobby is drinking vodka and, you know, because he thinks he's going to, to talk like I'm Bobby Brown, just a personality. And then at the last minute, they tell him oh, we want you to perform. <gasps> but he kills it. 
because he's still Bobby Brown. And his muscle memory for him. Right. So I've got a belly full of chicken wings. I've been drinking vodka for two hours. You told me that I got to get up on a stage in 15 minutes and perform, but I'm still Bobby Brown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm never surprised when I hear people talk about new edition and, and, you know, they're being able to be new edition. I mean, you look at um, that wonderful footage from BET when all of when when they had the um actors out there performing with them mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. um from the mm-hmm. movie and they're killing it like they're old enough to be killing some of them it. kids father and they're killing it well they're also from that last one of the last groups in that 80s 90s wing that are kind of like that bridge from the motown and and 70s um groups to the R&B of the later part of the 90s and the 2000s where new edition and to a degree boys to men are following in the veins of their forefathers so this tight harmony type singing and professionalism means coming up with choreography coming up with some type of uh, stage routine that you are going to present putting on a show for the audience as opposed to a lot of the r&b groups that follow in their wake where their model is the hip-hop aesthetic which is basically get Mm. onto the stage and then just sing your song and everybody like you know like the maybe they've got like a two step going on in the in the background but really it's just about somebody wailing dropping on their knees you know pumping doing you know whatever god knows what on stage because the hip hop aesthetic is just get on on stage with a mic and 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 do you know what i mean and i think that that is one of the things that you see gets lost uh, along the way in the wake of new edition boys to men are probably one of the last you know bastions of that full fully formed because jodeci comes immediately in their wake and unabashedly want to have a hip-hop aesthetic and then from there you've got drew hill and jagged edge and and mm-hmm. and groups like that yeah and- yeah h-town Give me, if you don't know your favorite new edition song, give me your top three favorite new edition songs. Yeah, I'm 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 going with the obvious. I think if it isn't love is actually a masterpiece. My favorite new edition song is probably um Once in a Lifetime Groove.
Dad's favorite new edition songs. And he, oh. and he bought he bought that for me on 12 inch, mm-hmm. and I was like, and I remember saying, but I want it under the blue moon. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I regret it to this day. I regret it. I should have, I should have kept it. I regret not having Once in a Lifetime group. The last time I saw oh, you made him take concert, it back. He took it back. Cause I wanted the full album. I wanted like songs. You know what I mean? Okay, I feel you. I feel you. I know better now. Um, which is another Once in a Lifetime group is another soundtrack song. Yeah, I'm I can't scared. remember what soundtrack it. Yeah, Running Scared. scared. That's what's it. Yep. From when yeah. scared. Uh, last time I saw New Edition perform, they were still in top form for the most part because Bobby was recovering. Mm. Let's put it that way. He was recovering, yes. but he was getting better. He was getting stronger. And they opened. It was, it was, to me, it was the best New Edition show I've ever seen because of the set list and the sequencing of the songs. It was truly a fans show. And that's mm. something that I love about New nice. Edition. They're so great about their fans and what their fans really want to see. This one was such a treat because they opened with Once in a Lifetime Groove. Nikki and I lost our entire minds. <laughs> we were that's hoarse. All right. We were hoarse by the force. Because when do you even hear that? You I know. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, unless you play it, you're not going right. to hear it. They open with Once in a Lifetime Groove. Then they had each like a couple people or a couple of the members do solo stuff. So Johnny came out to Fairweather Friend. That that was the first song of his set. Okay. So that's what I mean. It was like a very much a fans, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. They did a couple songs that they norm that I've never heard them do uh live. They did of course they did Lost in Love, but they did With You All the Way. I may, I, I may have flashed Ralph. I don't remember. I, I think I'm gonna ask Nikki, but I, I, I think I flashed Ralph. I, we were delirious, but there was also a sweet moment that I wanted to get to, where Bobby Brown was on. It the lights came up. Or two spotlights came up on either part of the stage. You see Bobby first, and he starts singing All is Fair in Love. Oh, by okay. Mm-hmm. The duet he does with Johnny. And then Johnny was on the other end of the stage, and the spotlight came up. And I thought it was a really sweet moment for one, because Bobby actually sounded incredible. Mm-hmm. Like we were, like everyone was cheering him on because he sounded so good. So everybody was just, mm-hmm. yeah, Bob, yeah, Bob, like just going off. But it was a sweet moment knowing what we know about the issues within New Edition. Right. For Bobby and Johnny to have, right. you know, that moment together. Um, with, with knowing what we know about them being like, you know, me talking about them being more like, you know, the temptations and all, and them having the longevity that they've had. Do you think that there will ever be a point that New Edition will come together as all six again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Un- unless heaven forbid something happens, it really is just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Because I think all six of them, and this is something that I admire about them, I think all six of them are acutely aware of their place in the culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I do think that it gets to the point where it's it's a cliche 
but I think that they, they know they have to do it for the culture. Mm. Like they have to. And, and it's, it, it, I mean, like, I think your story about them putting together of a set list for the fans, mm. I think they're, they've always been very aware of their fan base. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're very aware of their place in the culture and it, it, it no matter what type of of personal or financial issues mm. they have with each other I, I think at some point you put it in perspective well i think perspective is is the right word for it because as much as i think they feel they may owe the culture i think that even more importantly they feel they owe one another because the one th- the one difference where i think from the outside looking looking in that new edition has with the temptations but maybe shares with the jacksons remember we're saying they're both their direct uh um you know they 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 follow in the, the, both of their wakes the temptations had members who were dealing with egos, were dealing with demons, and then went off and had to fight those fights by themselves, right? And by the time that they came back to try and regroup or refine that magic, it was already it was already broken, right? And when they did so, it was solely for a cash grab, primarily, right? With New Edition, what they have with the Jacksons, regardless of whatever has happened to them personally, when Jermaine left or Michael did his thing or Michael got so big that the brothers became felt like they were maybe short, short you know, left in, left home. They shared a name. They were brothers. And regardless of what you saw on the outside, they still connected in some way as brothers. And I think that even Johnny, who we have said has been with them for a good while now, is one in that brotherhood of New Edition. And the the battles, the demons that they have fought, the movie, you know, did show us that a lot of those fights, they weren't alone. They were there for one another. And I think that makes the difference. Are they maybe disjointed right now because each of them trying to, you know, live their life a little bit? Sure. But do I believe that, you know, they still talk to one another? Absolutely. You hear that Johnny and Ralph are almost like the best of friends. You you know that Belle Biv DeVoe has created within them a solid friendship. And they all love Bobby, and Bobby loves them. Yeah, right. Everybody yeah. loves Bobby. Everybody they loves Bobby. I mean, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby is that cousin that you know, like, dog. Why is you doing that? But that's your cousin. You know what I mean? And that's what New Edition is to one another. That's what that brotherhood is for them. And we we don't need to see that. They're still together. They still rocking out at a at uh at a cookout right now. You know, it's the, it's the it's the end of um five heartbeats right now with the new new edition at a cookout. We just ain't there. 
with the Bobby Brown barbecue sauce, man. And my right, right, this right, line right, right. of spices <laughs> and barbecue sauce. And you know, I like what you said about the brotherhood. As as I mentioned earlier, and I definitely want to tie that this part up. I have a great amount of respect for Johnny now as a member of New Edition because there um is a documentary or like a docu-series called A Closer Look. Oh yeah, yeah. The first artist they featured was Ralph Tresvent, and he was talking about how painful it was for him for RBRM, Ronnie Bobby Ricky Mike, to go out and not even think to include Ralph. Like there was no conversation, especially when he said he was the one that actually came up with that part and he's the one that says um, it. Cool it now that says mm-hmm. it and yeah. came up with mm-hmm. it. And they took that and ran with it. And he was like, they didn't know if I needed that money or not. Like they didn't know, you know, if I needed to be out or not. But it was Johnny who has really just been really truly like a brother to him and really like an anchor. And they've done songs together. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been on his record, he's been on the mm-hmm. show. And as much as I wanted to be like, Johnny ain't really part of new edition. The fact that he looked out for Ralph the way that he has, um, to me, like that 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 made him all right with me as a member of New Edition. Right, right, yeah. So I, I've 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 been writing my wrongs when it comes to that. <laughs> there was a story that Ralph and Johnny had the trademark to New Edition. Right, and th- right. I thought that was the the root of it. Right, and th- but then I saw an interview with Ralph where he was like, "No, nah, what it was happening was when me, Johnny, and Bobby were getting starting this head head of state type of thing that you know, so like you know why, but they they were trying to do do a little thing together, and they were getting their paperwork in order. Their lawyer told. Johnny and Ralph, because you know Bobby was where Bobby was. Um, that yo, the new edition trademark is just sitting out there, dog. I'm just letting y'all know. And he's like, Oh wow, like say what you want about mm-hmm. new edition. Most of them have not shown the greatest heads for business. So mm-hmm. at this point, they're like, Yeah, you're right. We need to go grab it up. So they grabbed it up, grabbed up the 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 trademark, and then as he says in this interview. I took it to the rest of the boys and like, yo, this was just sitting out there. So we, we scooped it up and now it is owned by all of them. That's the real, you know what I mean? Um, and that's, and that's what brothers do. That's what brothers do. You take, you, you look out, even when you're not looking out, you looking out. Well, speaking of partnerships and brothers and things, I want you to talk about the Michelle mission and how that got started. So please, Tell the audience about the Michelle Mission, which is one of my favorite podcasts. It just, I'm, I might be a little biased, but I'm not. I actually liked it before I got to know you guys. And I listen, y'all, I'm a person who does not watch movies. I promise you, you would be embarrassed to know the movies that I have not seen. Anybody ask me, I always say, I don't watch things. I don't. I don't watch things. But I don't have to really watch movies. Actually, you guys make it so I don't have to watch them because you're reviewed. <laughs> We're like the cliff notes. Yeah, the cliff notes. <laughs> Y'all told me. Y'all told me what it was about. Y'all told me if I should spend my spend my time watching it. That's all I need to know. And that's what I appreciate about the Michelle Mission. So please tell my audience about the podcast, the Michelle Mission, and what the Michelle Mission is. 
Um, well, yeah, the Michelle Mission is this two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Uh, Vincent and I met years ago on a online radio station, G Town Radio, when we were both doing uh, two separate shows, and we qu- quickly became friends who found that we both love comic books, we lo- both love sci-fi, we both love music, and we both love talking about it. And um, I, like a few years into our friendship, had an idea that I wanted to force myself to watch movies that I thought that I was just given like a short riff because, you know, they just didn't like the the trailer was telling me the whole story. I remember it was the movie Lottery Ticket. I was like, I don't need to see this movie. The trailer has told me everything about this movie. But then I said, that's not fair to the people who put together that movie. I should give it a chance, especially considering this was a black film. So like, I got to I got to give my brother some. I got to get I got to give my man little Bow Wow little little props. So I had this idea since I was into the world of podcasting. Well, the only way that I'm going to do this is I got to hold myself accountable so to, to watch these movies. Otherwise, I won't do it. Um, so I asked Vince. I said, Vince, uh, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. And before I could tell him what the podcast was, Vince said, oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was, I love it. I was like, I haven't even tell you what it is. He's like, yeah, but sure. Whatever. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And that was that's right. And that was 2016. And the rest is history. It was 2016. You've covered how many movies since then? Over 250 films we have watched thus far. Man, and there's still some films. It's so many films left to go. Oh yeah. Like, so and, and, so they keep, and they keep and they keep making them. And they keep I know. Them. <laughs> they keep making them. They keep making black movies. But no, right. like sometimes I'll sometimes I'll think, oh, did they review this movie? And I'll be surprised that you haven't, because it'll be a popular film. But you right. guys are over two hundred right. films in. That's so incredible. Tell Vince, can you tell us who um Oscar Michaud is? Oscar Michaud is the acknowledged godfather of black film. Mm-hmm. So he was a filmmaker in the late 19th century, early 20th, 20th century. And he really embodied that DIY spirit of if you don't see something that you want to exist, bring it into existence. So mm-hmm. he wrote novels, he wrote screenplays, he he acted, he 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 bought camera stock and filmed it. He would take the films from town to town. Wow. He wrote advertising for the films in the newspapers. So he really embodied that spirit that that we respect about black art. And when we think about black film, it's a straight line to him. Wow. I don't I don't think that's something that a lot of people know about. I didn't know about Oscar Michaud until I heard your podcast. I mean, again, I don't watch things. So right, right, right. <laughs> so it's no surprise that I didn't know. Right, right. <laughs> but, and now you've heard about them. But yeah. It's weird how things happen, though, because right around the time that we started the podcast, Oscar Michaud's name started popping up even more in movie conversations, right? Mm. And uh, there was almost like this revisiting his works happening that just 
happened to coincide with us doing the podcast. And it, mm-hmm. it, it certainly wasn't, while we have reviewed several of his films on our show and we intend to review them all, it wasn't through our doing that this has happened. I think what it is, is that as the the, the craft of making movies has become more and more democratized as the uh, availability to make it on a on a smaller budget has become more prevalent. Mm-hmm. You have more and more black creatives entering into that field and finding a lane, finding an audience. And when they do that, just like you know, a lot of black creatives, once they get in there, they want to learn about their history. And they reach right. back and they they learn and they realize, hey, they were making black movies before Spike Lee. They were mm-hmm. making black movies mm-hmm. before the 70s black exploitation mm-hmm. films. They were making mm-hmm. black movies before the 60s, you know, and, you know, fight the man movies. They were making movies before the 30s musicals of Cabin in the Sky. And, and lo and behold, they land at the birthplace of black cinema, which was Oscar Michaud. Um, and now they just pay it forward. And they're like Oscar Michaud festivals. There's Oscar Michaud uh, retrospectives that, that are happening all over the place. Yeah, there have been a couple of really good books mm-hmm. that have been written in the past mm-hmm. five, six years. Yeah. You know, biographies. And you're seeing yeah. Oscar Michaud's films showing up even more and more on streaming, finding their way wow. on television. TCM has been uh, highlighting Oscar Michaud on their Silent Sundays um, more and more over the last last year. So it's great to see that man actually start to truly get his just due and what little bit we play a part in making that so, then we're more than happy to, to do it. But um. It's cool. It's really, it's really dope. And this has been a fun mission. I have been a guest on the Michelle mission a few times. I'm very proud to say, of course, the movies that I talked about uh, had to do with music because that's really the only thing. <laughs> that is some romantic fluff from time to time. Um, but what I really liked about getting to be a guest on your show is that be, having heard the podcast before, I, it makes me look at movies differently, you know? So I, I have certain things now that I notice after listening to your show that maybe I would not have noticed before. Good and, you know, like good things. Okay. Wow, that's, you know, the way they, they cut that scene and the ambiance over here. I don't know the, technici- the, the technical words, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, the good, the, the montage, the very interesting montage, you know. But I do also notice, like, like if the if the plot line is like dropped off, you know, or <laughs> right. kind of like ruined a couple of things for me, where I'm like, wow, I really thought that was good, and then <laughs> wow, wow, maybe maybe breaking two is not the best piece of cinematography. <laughs> you will never change my mind about the last dragon, though. I'll tell you, you will never, <laughs> you, you will never. 
that is canon <laughs> in my house. So no, but no, I think that's been really good that I've been able to like notice certain things. And it's not only, you know, fun to listen to and fun to, to hear what you guys have to say about the movies, but it's very educational. It has been for me and I know for so many people. So very appreciative for the Michelle Mission. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. So I'm going to end this with the question that I ask everyone. Let's say someone has never, ever, 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 ever heard of New Edition. They don't know New Edition. They don't even know Bobby Brown. They don't even know BBD. Mm. Like, they don't know Johnny Gill. They know no variation, okay? They only know Ralph, okay? They don't know, hey, they don't know (laughs) Ralph. I left out Ralph that time by accident. Because Ralph, to me, I mean, is, if you, you know, New Edition. So let's just say they've never heard New Edition. What three songs or an album would you say you need to listen to this because this is who New Edition is? Let, let me go before Lynn starts talking about the B-side to an album that they did in Mexico because <laughs> they were paying studio fees. I'm going to say Lost in Love. Mr. Telephone Man, and of course, if it isn't love. I like that. Hmm. I like that. I'm going to say, here we go. Mr. Telephone Man. Okay. Once in a lifetime groove. Can you stand the rain? Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting choices. Well, I love all those songs. I love every new edition song. Even the Christmas songs. <laughs> Christmas all over the world. I love Christmas all over the world. 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 Yes, I love it. I love it. Guys, thank you. Oh, okay. Okay. Lynn, Lynn, Lynn is in a moment. Lynn is in a moment. He's in a moment. Y'all, thank you so much for being my guest on this episode about New Edition. I appreciate. Hey, hey, man, hey, hey, man, hey. (laughs) It's June. (laughs) It's it's June. It's June. Yeah, like five more months. Five more months till that. Five more months. (laughs) Thank you so much for being my guest on the first time I heard. Please let the people know where they can find the Michelle Mission. Uh, you can go to michellemission.com. You can find out more about the show or any place and every place that you find podcasts. Check us out. Now let me set it off in the right way. A very special thank you goes out to my guest, Lynn and Vince of the Michelle Mission. It was so fun having you two on. Uh, fun fact, Lynn is also the producer of this podcast. Yes, Lynn is the producer of The First Time I Heard as well as The Michelle Mission, as well as Black Tribbles, as well as other podcasts. He's a fantastic podcast producer. So please hit him up. This was produced at the Bat Face in Philadelphia. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for rating on Apple Podcasts. Please hit me up on Instagram at the first time I heard. I would love, love, love to hear from you. I'm also at What's Good Toya. You can find me there. I'm your host, Toya Haynes. Oh,